the sixth day, God created man. On the seventh day, he rested. And on the eighth day, in the year 2010, in a remote laboratory, an exiled scientist created something impossible. Unmistakably human. Undeniably animal. On the island of Dr. Moreau. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Yep, week two of online learning. Yep. Let the good Still times better roll. than the rest of Trump's America. This week, we'll be discussing the 1996 science fiction classic, The Island of Dr. Moreau with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. A classic. Oh my god. I, I don't even know why you picked this version of it. Oh my god, what a load of, of horse crap. It's it's a bit rough. It's a bit rough around the edges to say the least. Why don't you give us your 30-second synopsis of the island of Dr. Moreau? Sweet tiny baby Jesus would weep. Basically. It is, there's, there's an island full of animal people. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't all work out the end. Would you want more detail than that? It seemed like a good idea at the time, having crazy animal people on your island. Oh good my God. Times. It is uh, reminiscent of our, so all these kind of freaking movies uh, be it all the versions of Island of Dr. Moreau yep. and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are all kind of the same kind of thing. You're well, it's trying, mad scientists. It's ma- well, it's mad scientists and it's trying to, uh, to separate the, the savagery or whatever of, of people and right. so you end up with just the, the, the good, the goodness stuff. It's like it's a Victorian hangover, except for which is just about nonsense about how people <laughs> transforming into snakes will turn us all into uh, make the human race continue. It now, makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, solid as a rock. Good Lord. So I mean. Uh, and the problem is, The Island of Dr. Moreau is a good book. It's an interesting book. I mean, you could, it's all Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of, kind of uh, well, stuff. It, but the special effects, even now, you could not make a good version of it. Well, we're going to talk about the special effects during the behind the scenes. Because there's, there's a whole issue. There are issues on top of issues on top of issues in the production of this movie. Oh, we're, my we're gonna God. Hit it it's a freak show, and I don't even mean just because of the freaks. <laughs> Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando, what the hell was going on there? What were they thinking? 
what was anyone thinking who wrote this script? I think Val Kilmer's character at the end times when he was handing out whatever pharmaceuticals, that's yep. when the actual story, that, that's a little behind the curtain. That must have been how they wrote this version of it and cut out all the best lines from the book and the first one. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. Well, you know, there have been multiple versions. The first one you think of is not the first version. By, oh by well, Mary. was there an old black and white? Because of there course was, I'm thinking yeah. of Michael York. Of course. Well, that's and that's the thing. Let's let's talk about our um, initial thoughts. Where was the first time you even heard of this version of the movie? Do you remember? My God, I'm not even sure I knew this version of the movie occurred. <laughs> that's why I you, made you from watch you, it. I'm guessing yes. for sure. I've seen the Michael York a couple of times because Michael York was the king of the seventies. I remember the '70s were great. Early '80s were great because you would be knocking around on a Saturday afternoon, flipping channels on KTLA Channel Five. You would stumble upon these movies like The Land of Time Forgot, those kind of movies, old Godzilla movies, and the occasional I mean, Island of Dr. Moreau with Michael York. I think my appreciation for old horror and old movies in general came from, and, and this is where I'm going to sound like some, a geezer, comes from the fact we only had 12 channels. This pre-cable, right. you watched it because it was on. Yep. That's exactly God right. forbid you should go have a conversation or read a book. Just like now, you watched it because it was on. It was on. That's exactly the moral, the horrible moral of the story. I remember this movie. I think I actually saw this movie in the theater at the time because Val Kilmer was a huge Wait, you, star. You paid full money. You paid I paid money. full freight. Full freight, I'm sure, to see this in the theater. Val Kilmer uh, was a huge star at this point. Huge. You know what? He, what is the matter with Val Kilmer that he could never get that career to take off? Well, he had, he, he's he's not a terrible actor. He just makes well, terrible choices. He is actually a really good actor. He is a really good actor, but he's notoriously difficult to work with. And I guess in this movie, he just mailed it in. He just parachuted in, said, where do I sign? And we're going to talk about oh, this He's not the, the only one who was mailing some no. shit in. Well, that, and that's the other thing. This is all behind the scenes stuff, but it's like, Marlon Brando of On the Waterfront is not the Marlon Brando from, frankly, the 80s or 90s. And oh. most of the 70s either. In that, Speaking of another actor who's notoriously difficult to work with, he, can, he was 50s a streetcar named Desire fame for another 50 oh years. Even though he was notoriously horrible to work with and would just mail in whole performances. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Well, he had he had some kids who had a lot of legal difficulties. He did. And, they, and was this filmed yeah. on his Tahitian island, by the way? That that's going to factor into this as well. There's there's literally <laughs> talking about the movie. We the movie for that much time. The real meat of the story is the behind the scenes. But okay, all right. So then let I, me add a little bit more detail. Go. Basically, in all versions, it's a yes. shipwreck sailor who ends up discovering his eye, and he's telling you like you're reading a diary is the way this works. Right, and in the, the end, 
Right. It's all like a voiceover. At the end, he leaves the island. And it, it's like a Frankenstein. It's a you don't F with nature moral of, of the story. Right. That's exactly right. But quite frankly, the, the, the story, they're trying to elevate lower levels. You could, you could relate this to, I just popped in my head. This is how much I'm pulling stuff out of my ass. Like 2001 A Space Odyssey, when we reviewed that, we we're talking about aliens coming to the Earth and, and raising up the consciousness and, of, of the humans, right? right so that's correct. what Dr. Moreau is doing. He's raising up, we're going to have yak men and puma men and hyena men. We're making them all more like uh, humans. Yes. Quite frankly, you can also relate this to like the, the shit we did to the Native Americans where we, they, had, they weren't allowed to do any of the stuff they, they did before their culture, without being punished. Their culture, their, right. their culture is annihilated and if they even dared to do anything related to that, they were severely punished. Absolutely. Like the right. mission, I've said, the missions I've tell said, the story. Exactly. Thank you, Hunapo Sarah. Um, but what's interesting, I actually read the book uh, a while ago. And the book is about the horrors of vivisection. Okay? It's basically a kind of a muckraking account. Because when H.G. Wells wrote the book, this is a big issue uh, throughout England, where doctors and scientists would perform surgery on still living animals just to see how their organs worked and their muscles and their tissues and all those sorts of things. Horrible. Hu- horrible. So there's a, a no, huge no movement. No PETA back then. No PETA no. back then. But there were like societies of the anti vivisectionist society, blah, 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 that were protesting them. So H.G. Wells wrote about this. That's what Dr. Monroe would do. He was banished from polite society. He had to move to an island to do his experiments, which was literally taking animals and performing surgery while they were alive to make them more human, basically. Right. And every other version of this movie, like when they started to make it into movies, they didn't uh, stress that because then you'd have creatures of all different shapes and sizes, right? If you took your house cat... And perform surgery on it, it would still be two feet tall, right? What if but, you put like a human head on it? It would just kind of drag that along. They would drag. They would drag it along. Yeah. Um, so they made. It was always potions and yes. weird stuff after that. That's correct. So what's interesting about this version of the movie is it takes place in modern day, whereas the Michael York Burt Lancaster was still kind of that turn of the century kind of thing. A Victorian Let me ask you era. This question. Yeah. I was confused about the modern day because they were showing the Nobel Prize, but it said like 1899. Oh, I didn't look that closely at the Nobel Prize. I just know that they had sat- like satellite dishes. He- it was a plane crash, is where it started. He was trying to. Um, right. It was very confusing yes. to me because clearly Marlon Brando couldn't have been born in 1899 if that's when he won the nobel prize no well and that's the other thing he uh the the main guy douglas is like an envoy for the united nations right so that that didn't exist at the turn of the century either that's another little that is correct okay sweet jesus who's 
documents were all hanging on the wall. Was that his Those life? are supposed to be Moreau's. Those are all supposed to be like he was a, a, a great scientist, won the Mo- Nobel Prize in medicine, theoretically, before being banished by the animal rights activists. Oh, you know what? I wonder what, when did the Nobel Prize start? Maybe that's the date that, that effed me up. <laughs> no, <laughs> the Nobel, on. Nobel Prize has been around since the 1800s. Ed, Edward Nobel. I'm going to give you a little Maybe side Maybe that's the date that I saw. He, he well, invented dynamite. And right. when he discovered what his creation turned to war and death and destruction, he felt so bad, he took the money from the creation of dynamite and turned in the Nobel Peace Prize and then the later other sorts of prizes. So there you go. Write it down. Yeah. Good times. It, it says 1890, 1895. There you go. Yeah, so, that's the date I saw. Sweet Jesus. Okay, so they get to the island. I actually didn't write that many notes. Can you, Do you have... Um, oh, God, I have to talk about Val Kilmer's bizarro performance. Marlon All Brando's right. was strange. Val Kilmer, I think, was even stranger, even though he was supposed to be kind of normal. There's that scene where he brings in the crate of rabbits to put into a rabbit cage for reasons we don't know, since none of the animals are supposed to eat meat anyway. Right? Correct. So, and he takes the, the rabbit and kind of puts it up close to David Thewlis, who plays Douglas. Oh, look at this. Look at the rabbit. And let's, he kisses it, kisses it on the head. Oh, isn't that nice? And then immediately just breaks its neck. I don't know what the yeah. purpose of that scene was. Well, considering it, the law of the island is no one's allowed to kill. Yep. I mean, it made no freaking sense. So why did they bring the rabbits in if no one can eat meat? Right. Are they going to turn the rabbits into people? Is that the no, next rabbit. step? Well, there's that scene And then where they you... serve rabbit at dinner for him, and everybody is disgusted. Right. You, basically, Val Kilmer is <laughs> Montgomery. Montgomery is uh, Marlon Brando's like lab assistant. It's supposed to be a brilliant uh, neurosurgeon. Used to be a brilliant neurosurgeon, but then started corresponding with the, the defrocked uh, Nobel Prize winner and came to his island to assist with his work, evidently. And um, now he's acting like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. Basically. basically well, and so is Marlon Brando. Really? Sweet Lord. <laughs> it's, a, it's a double Apocalypse Now. I mean, oh I my think God. about... Go ahead. Let, let me step back. When we're Please. in the ship, after uh, they've rescued, what's his name? The sailor. Yep. They, Douglas. They, Montgomery has him hooked up to an IV that looks like it is the most filthy, disgusting thing rolling into his veins. It's a good thing he just happened to have that IV hanging around on the, on yeah. the boat. There's a, there's a lot of shit like that. It, well, isn't that like a coincidence? There was a grand reveal later that Val Kilmer was not like hydrating him, but was actually doing something to him. And it was very vague where they put an animal sucking in plasma. Animal. Yeah. Because they, they cut into his arm and there's no really, it's like, oh my God, I'm remembering he did these things. And there's no explanation what exactly he was doing for what purpose. So they that's, that's good to know. Chips in there. Is that what it was? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so, because when it Marlon did. Brando... So that's another thing. Marlon Brando had like a little remote control that he wore around his neck, and when the animal people would step out of line, he'd just zap them, and they'd all like... Uh, but, it, 
but shock. it had multiple buttons, so not everyone got got zapped all the time. Like his children didn't get zapped the first time. It's you're right, it, but how the hell they're not labeled? They're little tiny buttons. Okay, but how many how many animal different animal people do you think were on this island? It was, it was like a hundred people, or two hundred people, don't you think? Right, like a ton. There was a not like to mention a ton. the little and rat people. Warren. What about the little rat people that appeared? Are you telling me Marlon Brando was messing with little rats and turning them into rat people? Why? Oh my God! What's the purpose of are that? We, are, are you t- are you referencing the ninja rats? Yes. When Edward Douglas tries to escape the island the first time, a bunch of little six-inch uh, rat people who run around and yeah, 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 make weird noises like uh, Trilogy of Terror. It was a freak show. Yeah, Was that part of it? They're making rat people? What? Well, how else did they get there? Exactly. <laughs> right? Oh, sweet Lord. But yeah, they talk about... Initially... Again, if I'm performing surgery on somebody, right, and I'm turning a cat into a cat person, right, that cat person wouldn't have cat people babies. They would just have regular cat babies, right? So there's got to be some sort of so. There's got to be some sort of DNA thing that's going on, and they talk about that a little bit. I guess. I oh, mean, you know what it was? Werewolf magic. It's werewolf magic. It's werewolf magic. It is yeah magic. I mean, if we cut them open, uh, are they are they cats inside? Well, that one lady had like uh, eight teats or six teats or something. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, I mean, well, she I guess she was giving birth to a crazy like. Oh, Jesus. Right. Isn't that because I thought they were doing surgery, but it was just giving birth. So maybe after the initial. um I don't know, gene therapy, then they can just reproduce on their own? Is that what we're supposed to think? Well, so if they do this to a duck, does it no longer lay eggs and now they're giving birth? (laughs) These are important scientific questions. There were not a lot of bird people. I I will notice that. They were kind of sticking with the, the mammals. Well, that's good. And I also like there's, there's the crazy uh, cat woman uh, who just looks like a person. And, you know, the, okay. the other servants are all jacked up and scary looking. Not her. She could absolutely pass for, for a person, except her teeth are a little sharper, I guess. Her, her teeth are a little sharper, but so are mine. Maybe I, maybe that's the curse of the cat, people. Maybe, you're maybe you're the Moreau. You're from the Dial of the Moreau. <laughs> Sweet Lord. There is a scene that is so bizarre, I, I can't even grapple it. Marlon Brando is sitting in a chair with an ice bucket on his head. Did you see that scene? Yeah, yes, so, every scene with Marlon Brando is yes. a head scratcher. Yes. He was just How about going when he wrong. rolls out in zinc oxide with yes. red lipstick. Was that his choice? Wearing a giant flowing muumu. Yes, it was yeah. his choice. Absolutely. And complaining about the weather. You chose to live in a tropical island. You know, there's islands all around the world. And you complained about the heat, and you've been here 20 years. That's true. No one forced you to move to this island, Dr. Moreau. Clearly, there must have been another island somewhere else in a temperate zone. I don't know. Pack up the yak, people, and go to another island. 
So he's got this ice bucket on his head, and Feruza Balk literally takes like ice and starts shoveling into the top of his head. What's that name? Feruza Balk, who played the Catwoman, whose <laughs> name is escaping me. Aisa is her name. Feruza? Feruza Balk is her real name. Aisa, the Catwoman, is her character name. And yet, the cat name sounds more normal. Were her parents in a cult? Were they in Jonestown? Were they children of God? What, are, what is that? What is that Mar- name? Marlon Brando created her from a cat. And no, gave her no, no. I'm talking about the actress. Marlon Brando also created her from a cat. As far as I know. I don't... What, what am I, no, a biographer? Her, not her name, Isa. Why do you keep... Did, is Martha Brando her father? Could what be. Is crazy name? Have you, do you know any Farisas? That is the craziest name. And when you spelled it out, <laughs> it was even freaking crazier. Okay, People need to stop off, being effing creative. This is bullshit. There's no, no one's name is Farisa, first of all. There's Aisa <laughs> the Catwoman and the... The actress. Feruza Balk. That sounds like yes. Feruza Salt. Coincidence? Maybe. Uh, uh, oh, sweet You're Jesus. acting like that's a normal name. That is... That is dare you. You're very non-plus. I'm from Orange County. We've... Before lunch. That's how we roll. <laughs> sweet Lord. Um... And I also loved how at the end of the movie, when the father, Marlon Brando, is no more, how the animal people, it just basically becomes like Animal Studio 54, where it's just a total orange going on all over the place while Val Kimmer's sitting there popping pills. Very strange. He's ha- and Very he's strange. About it. It's just, uh, it's club kids and it's a rave. It's exactly what it is. It's a sad situation. And he literally Marlon... becomes Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now, like at the end there. My children. Oh, my God. Well, he does like a so fake Marlon choices. Brando impression. Yes. He did the whole time. One point, the camera zoomed in on him, and I swear to God, he turned and la- like, was like, oops, you caught me. Like, it was like the, a real Val Kilmer moment there. Looking right oh. down the barrel of the lens going, hey, this is how I'm doing it. What? Take it. There was a lot yeah. of that going on in this movie. Well, there yeah. was just two, what you gonna two do big about stars. It? One take only. One take. Two <laughs> big stars going totally rogue is what this movie is. Where you're like, what is happening? And all the other actors who are just like, I'm just trying to pay my rent have to just live with it. It's basically what it is. It's a sad situation. Jesus any, Christ. Any other wacky scenes you want to talk about? Well, I don't know how you're going to surpass the Ninja Rats and Marlon Brando with a white face and lipstick. And then there's a dude who has that Asian disease with a tail and naked. I mean, dear. Oh, yes. We didn't even talk about. Dear baby Jesus. This is mini me. This was mini me before mini me. This was a a little crazy mutant thing that Marlon Brando's like playing, you know, Moonlight Sonata on the piano and then on top of the piano is a smaller piano with the little guy dressed exactly the same as Marlon Brando. I there's no way he was playing that that damn thing. He was just kind of pretending with his claw hand. He it was, yes, a he was just smashing around. Liberace w- wishes he could have come up with that. 
Oh my god, it was so and then at the end, why was he naked with a giant fat sausage tail? That was so disturbing. <laughs> it's like what, what animal is he supposed to be? is my next question. Oh my god. And then hi when the hyena man was digging through the ashes of uh like one of the characters from Cats got got killed. Yeah. And he finds the implant and he's smart enough to figure, well, if 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 Dead Cat Man has an implant, maybe I do too. He figured it out, ripped it out, but not smart enough to then go tell the people, not to tell the people uh, who put it in there that he would have in fact taken it out. That's correct. That is exactly correct. That, that was a problem. Um, and you know what really, oh, what, what other weird thing? So Please. Marlon Brando states that his whole point of this was to perfect the human race. Wouldn't you start with humans? Why would you start with a yak? You got to start with a yak. I mean, did you notice he was obviously his next uh, experiment was going to be a bunch of llamas? He's going to yes. have a bunch of llama people running around. Good and, luck and with did that. Did you notice they just had weird slashes on their neck and ra- random? Maybe he made the push me pull you from uh, Dr. Doolittle. <gasps> Do you think this is really Dr. Doolittle? This, do- <laughs> yes, Dr. Doolittle has gone off the deep end. He's making a push me pull you. Oh, only a true uh, Dr. Doolittle fan would know what I'm talking about. And there aren't many of them, let me tell you. And I will tell you. It really pissed me off that they cut out some of the best, the best lines. The, the, the Michael York classic from the Sayer of the Law. Lay it on us. I said it to you. I don't have it in front of me. What's your problem? What is the law? This is what we say to our students every day, all day long. I will tell you, I have said, what is the law? Here it is right here. Not all to right. go on all fours. That is the law. Are that is the them? law. That not to a- suck up drink that is the law are we not men not to eat fish or flesh that is the law are we not men not to claw the bark of trees that is the law are we not men i'm just gonna keep repeating it the exact same way Do it. not to chase other men that is the law are we not men so there you go and what happens when you break the law you go to the house of pain yeah, there was no House of Pain references in this one, I'm sorry to say. No, it pissed me off. Because, you know, the old jump, 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 House of Pain gets it from the island of Dr. Moreau. And, of course, the laws, are we not men? We are yeah. Devo. Taken right <laughs> out of that. Both of those are taken from the island of Dr. Moreau. It's a fact. It's this a is fact, not what, This is not a Trump truth. This is a real truth. Well, because what he was trying to do is get like turn the animals into animal people, eventually into real people. And to do that, they have to try to force them in kind of a pseudo religious way to kind of act against their instincts and behave like, quote unquote, men are supposed to behave. That's the that's the idea. Theoretically. Oh, so terrible. I mean, and and how is that good for them? How is that good for them? Because people are so fantastic. Wouldn't you rather just be a yak on an island and just live in your life? Yakety yak. Don't talk back. That's right. (laughs) Are you you ready for behind the scenes? Because there's a lot. I got one more line. Val Kilmer, right before he is murdered for no apparent reason, 
because he's gone full full Marlin at at that time, just goes, I want to go to dog heaven. And then the dog boy walks up and kills him. Look, here's the thing. Every line of pearl. Every line of pearl. Marlon Brando gave a, a performance that was off the wall, but at least you understood his motivations. Right. I get it. It Val was Kilmer, weird. He was weird. Yes. But you understood. You understood it. Val Kilmer, I have no idea what his motivations are to the point where you just said, well, maybe he's just crazy. Yes. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that defines every action in the movie because there is no logic behind anything he does. Absolutely not. He's completely lost his mind. The only explanation is he's a nutball. From he's Jump not, Street. He's not even following Moreau's order. So what? what is his purpose here? Besides making out yes. with like the yak ladies with eight boobs. It's so yes. creepy. He, he loved the sow women. The sow. The pig ladies. That's yeah. right. He was oh. down with them. I threw uh, up in my mouth a little bit thinking about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> no, because it was literally, it wasn't just not following. He was actively contravening. Because he was like, he was the one killing the rabbits. He was the one, hey, serve the meat. He was the one doing all these sorts of things that he that Moreau was against. So, And, and it's times. not like he was like some kind of, of starting a rebellion with the people. Because no. he was just as, if not shittier. He was like the bringer of pain. And then five minutes later... We're just at an orgy, and he's handing drugs to everyone while he sits on the throne, reliving right. the last days of Studio Fifty Four. Yes, it makes his performance makes absolutely no sense, but this is important, so we're going to talk about this. I thought it was a scenes. glimpse behind the movie The Doors. So it is it's a glimpse behind the door of just Val Kilmer's life. I think it's the, the moral I guess. story. Man. Okay. So originally, this was the passion project of a young screenwriter, new director named Richard Stanley. He'd been thinking about it, writing it, uh, getting it ready. Richard Stanley's a real person. Yes. He, oh, Jesus. Well, he recently released a movie with Nicolas Cage on, I think it's on Shudder, called like The Color Out of Space, which is based on H.P. Lovecraft's story recently. But this was his, his dream to bring this to the stage, right? It was originally Marlon Brando was going to be in it. Bruce Willis was going to be uh, the Edward Douglas role. And James Woods was going to be the um, uh, Montgomery role. That was the goal initially. Bruce Willis was going through a divorce, so he dropped out. Um, They got rid of James Woods. And now it's going to be Val Kilmer. Yes, Rob Morrow from Northern Exposure was going to play Montgomery. I was going to say, was the dude from Northern Exposure in this? But he was a yak, so I didn't know. He was a yak. (laughs) Um, Val Kilmer discovered he was going through a divorce from Joanne Wally um, on the news, which sent him into a tailspin. So he said, I know, you know, I agreed to do this movie, but how about we switch roles? How about I now play Montgomery and then Doug Mora, who's not as big a star, obviously, as Val Kilmer. You can be the lead in this movie. Initially, Bob that Morrow sounded... as Dr. Moreau? No, no, no. As Edward Douglas. Oh, Marlon Brando is still, gotcha. was still Dr. Moreau. Although oh, Marlon gotcha, Brando, gotcha. Marlon Brando was going through, has always been going through his own stuff where he, he's just basically paycheck Charlie. 
where it's like I'll I'll be there in spirit. Yeah, I will appear. He had that thing where his son shot his daughter's boyfriend. No, what that's that's something else. His daughter Cheyenne committed suicide. There was all kinds of bad, bad business. But that's neither here nor there because he was mailing stuff in long before the. Oh, I thought it. I thought it was the legal bills that was made him be desperate. No, no. This is just how he rolls. Oh, this is just how he rolls. So, but the, obviously the suicide didn't help. And then, of course, his Tahiti estate was hit with a hurricane, which made him also kind of scattered. Um, after four days, the executives in, from the studio fired the director, which made Doug Morrow call up the studio and say, "I please let me out of my contract. Please, in the name of God. So they did. They allowed him my to go. Name from any reference here. Feruza Balk tried to leave as well. She actually took a studio limousine and drove 1,200 kilometers away to get away from this before her agent called her and said, if you don't get back on set, you'll never work in this town again. Oh. So she was forced to go back. Was this before or after the craft? Uh, I believe this is after. Oh, all right. I believe this is after. Um, right. So now we've got Val Kilmer playing the lab assistant, which is not an important character at all for some reason. Uh, Marlon Brando is doing his own crazy stuff, and they don't have a lead. So they bring in David Thewlis, who up to this point, his big claim to fame was he was in that movie Dragonheart, where Sean Connery played the dragon and Dennis Quaid. Oh! Yeah, Dennis Quaid was the dragon that hunter. A long time ago, David Thewlis had a small role as like the uh, kind of the Joffrey of the time, the evil like prince. Honestly, no while good. watching this, I kept thinking I think he probably has been in a bunch of of smaller roles because he for sure looked really familiar. He he's been in a bunch of stuff since then. Yeah, but this was up to this point. It was like, who the hell is this guy? Um, and no so chemistry that- with the. Uh, uh, what's her name? Feruza. Feruza. Feluja. <laughs> Balk. Um, and so here's the thing. They fired the director. The director was so upset because, again, this was his dream passion project that he shredded all the documents and oh, disappeared God. into the jungle only to reappear on camera disguised as the bulldog man. <gasps> so if you're paying attention and you see the crazy, another crazy dog man in the background, that was the the previous director in disguise. Oh my god! So the jungle just cooked everybody's brain. It cooked everybody's brain. They went and and hired John Frankenheimer to be the new director. Oh my god! He's a real person too. He his big claim to fame was back in the '60s. He uh, directed the Manchurian Candidate with Frank Sinatra. That's like and a it, real movie. That's I, like a I'm real not, movie. I'm not sure we are actually living that right now. But again, that was 30 years prior. Okay? Oh. He was, he was so much older. So this is older. a film of old, tired people look, trying to pay their cable bill. Exactly. <laughs> That's basically what it, he He basically held the studio for ransom and said, I'll only do it if you give me a three-picture deal and give me gobs and gobs of money, which they agreed to do. Uh. Um, but he struggled because he, he was an old-school kind of gruff director. He fought with everybody. But at this point, they'd already fired one director, so we're we're, we're in it. Uh, we're all going down with this ship, basically. Right. Uh, Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando hated each other. 
constantly fighting and arguing. Marlon Brando. They famously, don't have many scenes together. They don't. Marlon Brando famously says that he he mistakes his paycheck for his talent. Basically, <laughs> um, when David Thewlis arrived on set, you know, two weeks later, basically, Marlon Brando basically said, "You don't want to be here. This is a bad situation." <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> There were numerous days where neither of the lead actors would appear on stage or on oh set. Oh my god, what a shit show. Because they were both like, I'm not coming out till he comes out, kind of moves. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of yak people wearing full makeup in the blazing Australian jungle for hours or days on end waiting for them to come out. Good times. Uh, special effects. Stan Winston, the famous special effects guy, did all the special effects. Including the sausage tail on the small person. That was his claim to fame. <laughs> if you go to his IMDb page, it's a zoom in of the guy's little crazy tail. That's in there. Oh, no. He, um... <laughs> so disturbing. They, as you know, it unclean. <laughs> I need to put bleach in my eyes. Um... <laughs> They design all of the costumes and effects like weeks and months in advance, right? So they had done all this work based upon the initial draft that Richard Stanley was going to direct. When Frankenheimer came in, he basically threw that stuff out and changed it. So now you had uh, prosthetics that were meant for straight up background actors. So you're not supposed to get that good of a look at them. We're right. now being shoved right in front of the camera. And it was so terrible. That right. dog so getting, boy? What the hell? So now you're getting close-ups of, of prosthetics that aren't supposed to be that close. They aren't supposed to be seen that close. Um, there were uh, characters. Like, there's the scene where they're delivering the, the crazy yak woman. I don't know why everybody's a yak person, but that just, that's just how I'm doing it. The yak <laughs> woman is given birth. Initially, she was just supposed to be kind of a non-moving thing on a table. When Frankenheimer came in with like two days notice, said, oh no, I want this thing moving around. So they had to like- Screaming. On the fly, they had to come jury rig something to make the crazy yak woman move around when she wasn't meant to. Um, the man who was supposed to play the, the ape man, Asasaman or whatever his name was. There uh, was no ape. Yes, there was. There was the guy who meets David Thewlis in the jungle with Frusa Balk. And he has got oh, kind of a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voice. You're right. You're right. He was played by kind of a short, skinny actor, but that guy broke his arm. So rather than find somebody who could fit the prosthetics, they hired some, you know, a talented guy, but somebody who was bigger and bulkier and basically just squeezed him in <laughs> oh, to the costume. Which is why it looks, they're like, we're not getting a lot of close-ups on this bad boy because he looks crazy. It's like basically <laughs> an unrecognizable creature of some sort. Because it's they... all stretched out. It's like one of those rubber faces where you put your fingers in the back and you can stretch it all out. They did. They basically just squeezed with a shoehorn and a crowbar and lots of Vaseline. <laughs> just shoved him in there. In the uh, jungle. In the jungle. Um, the little crazy... Uh, sidekick of marlon brando that we love so much oh god he was not i don't he either had a very small role or not much of a role at all marlon brando saw him and immediately fell madly in love and basically demanded 
that he'd be in every one of his scenes. He was. I think Marlon Brando stuffed him in a purse and took him back to Tahiti with him. He did. He basically said, this is my mini-me. This is before mini-me. This is what inspired mini-me. He's going to be in every scene with me. So now the makeup people have to make sure that this guy looks all right. And then the costuming people have to create miniature versions of every one of crazy Marlon Brando's costumes. Well, which is easy because most of the time Marlon's in a moo-moo with like cheesecloth on his head. <laughs> so it's called just flowing drapery. And originally the character of Maling, who is kind of the kindly manservant who tries to help David Thewlis operate the radio, right. was supposed to have a much larger role. His role basically went to the little uh, creature. Like, I need to stop calling him a creature. It's a living, breathing person. It's an actual person in there. Yes. Um, and, I didn't want to say anything. I know. But, I'm getting, you know your, your uh, hate crimes are taken over. I apologize. Um, and that g- little guy, he basically became so arrogant because now he's like, you know, um, Marlon Brando's favorite son. That he started like being uh, inappropriate to the women on set. Oh Jesus! Yeah. The power corrupts. <laughs> exactly. Um, at the final rap party, Richard Stanley finally revealed himself, and both Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer went up to him and apologized for getting him fired with their behavior. Oh, Marlon Brando actually went so far as to offer to compensate him for his time. So. Yeah, yeah, Horror we're all stories. real sorry when I'm in your face. Right. Uh, where was the sorry before that? Right, before you got my butt fired. When, when I didn't think I'd ever have to see you again, I couldn't give up. But now that you're like, ha, 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 I've been hiding with the extras this whole time for free because I've clearly lost my ever-loving mind. Oh, sorry, man. I don't yeah. think it was like Scooby-Doo where they like re- grand reveal. Pulls exactly. Out Where's the mystery machine? Velma! Velma! Exactly. <laughs> Remember when I told you how Marlon Brando had a history of mailing things in? Yes. Um, when he was in The Godfather, which I love. I love him in it. He was at that. This is 1972 or whatever, right? Right. He was so mailing it in, even for that, he wouldn't memorize his lines. There's a famous photograph of Robert Duvall having his, having Brando's lines, like, stuck to his chest. Oh, no. (gasps) In this movie, technology allowed them to give Marlon Brando an earpiece where they would feed him his lines. (laughs) You can't even be bothered to memorize your GD lines. Good times. On the last day of shooting, John Frankenheimer pointed at Val Kilmer and said, get that bastard off my set. (laughs) Good times. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, let's just say, Val Kilmer got a lot of usage out of being on Top Gun. Plus, he was a good-looking guy. But he's not that great. I mean, he's a Costner-level actor. Oh, uh, so, no, 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 no. That's, that's what, heresy. What are you saying? What are you saying? Is that an insult to Costner or an insult to Kilmer? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Kilmer went to Juilliard for his oh. acting. For God. And, and then uh, mailed it in right after graduation. No, 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 no. Top secret, dynamite. Top gun, dynamite whatever he was in we haven't even talked about tombstone he basically carries tombstone 
The issue with him is about Dr. The Moreau issue with time. him is he makes movies that I couldn't give a F about. Well, that's that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Damn your eyes. Now, Costner was great in the 80s, kind of playing an everyman, like, hey, no, he's I like baseball. Costner. He's How Costner in every right. role. It's yes. not like, oh, my God, he's completely transformed. And he didn't realize it was... That was amazing. No. In the 90s, it was basically started with Dance with Wolves. When he basically started just mailing it in. I'm not, maybe you should take an acting class or something. I'm just going to be Mr. Low Energy. Yeah. No matter what is happening. I'm yeah. Dancing with Wolves. I'm Waterworld. I'm the Postman. I'm Wyatt Earp. Doesn't matter. I'm Low Energy. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Uh-huh. Very and, exciting. And, and Kilmer? You are out of your GD mind. And he is. Killer? He is. He Did is long chain. See the doors. He was critically acclaimed for the doors. Thank you very much. Oh Jesus! Thank Christ. you very much. He's a handsome devil, though. He was good looking in the doors, but not as good looking as Jim Morrison. Do we need to talk about the cast? I think we. we I, uh... I, 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 did, did we miss something? What about Frankie? <laughs> yeah, uh, Franka Frankenstein. Uh... Frankie Monocle or whatever. Let me just go through this very quickly. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> At least I'm making myself laugh. That's the most important thing. Oh my God, uh, I got to write that down. Hang on. Frankie Monocle, because I'm going to buy a pet and I'm going to name it that. Please do. Uh, David Thewlis, more recently, he was in uh, the Harry Potter movies. He was Remus Lupin, the werewolf oh, man. Oh, okay. And That's he probably why I recognize him. He was in uh, Wonder Woman as Sir Patrick, who turned out to be the, the main villain. So he's, he's absolutely still working and doing well. Marlon Brando, you know him. Unlike others. Unlike others. Marlon Brando, you know what he do. I don't need to tell you who he is. Val Kilmer, that's what I'm saying. Val Kilmer was such a huge star, and now it's like he's working at the local uh, Old Navy, basically. You want want to be difficult, then that's what you get. You want to be an a-hole, that's what you get. By the early 2000s, Val Kilmer was basically unemployable. It's very sad. It's a sad situation. Choices, uh, people. Choices. Feruza Balk, who played Aisa, you know is her. That, f- is that Fremke Monocle? It's Fremke Monocle. Is known from The Craft. Yep. She was in Almost Famous. She was in yep. Return to Oz, where she played Dorothy. I never uh, saw that. It's a very scary thing. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of monsters and, and scary people here. Uh, Ron Perlman was the Sayer of the Law. You know him. Was he? Was he? He was Hellboy. Uh, not, well, uh, not only that, he was in all those, like, uh, he was in uh, Last Supper. Remember that? He, he was in Last Rush Supper. Lim- Rush Limbaugh kind of character. Yep, absolutely. And Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Nelson, I, I love him. Nelson De La Rosa is the guy who played, uh, his character was Majai, if I'm pronouncing this correct. That was the, the little character who was playing the piano with Marlon Brando all the time. So there yes, you go. But we've seen, we've seen him in stuff. Hasn't he done stuff? Uh, if by stuff you mean Rat Man. Is that the name <laughs> of a role he had? That's the name of a movie he was in. So there you yeah, go. All right. Well, let's just skip on over but that. We don't, we don't need to look at... 
I'm not going to go through who played I'm not going to the swine. IMDb for this. For <laughs> swine. I want to know about swine woman number two that, that slipped the tongue to... Uh, I'm not, these are all very talented, like, physical actors, so I don't want to besmirch their work, but I'm not going into Yakman number three. Okay? I'm not doing it. Unless your name is Ron Perlman, you're not getting a mention at this point. You are not getting a mention. For God's sakes. Okay. What so, about what about I think the strongest actor in this uh that didn't make me laugh was probably the hyena man. Was he anybody? Hyena Swine is the character name, just so you know. Uh is everyone half a pig? He was. I, I can't comment <laughs> on the rest of the yak people. Uh <laughs> his name was Daniel Rigney. You know him, don't you? I know Eleanor Rigby. Is that he the was, same thing? He was uh, famously Constable Lohmeyer on the show, the hit show Police Rescue. You oh, know him, don't you? That's my favorite. I'm going to go home and binge watch that. Check right it now. out. He was uh, Tony Lasky on A Country Practice. Oh, so is he British? Maybe. Yeah. Hard to say. He's a, he's These a, don't sound like America shows. He's a hi, he's a hyena swine. That's all I can he's tell a you. Hyena swine. All he's right. A, need I say more? For God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, it currently has a twenty four percent rotten. That is rotten generous. Come on, come on, Wicker Man. What what did it have? Like a fifteen? Not maybe not even that. Low, so low, low, I low, would low. put this uh, below Wicker Man. I, I would as well. Frankly, what makes it interesting is the behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a good documentary you can watch called Lost Soul, and it's literally a documentary about making this horror show. So Maybe watch we should that. Review that because uh, this movie is, is pretty uh, nondescript. Frankly, it's not anything special. It's more about the horror story behind the scenes that I find interesting. So there, there you go. go. Like, like, the, like when we watched The Room and then we had to go watch, what was it, The Disaster Artist or whatever? Yes, that's exactly. Where The Disaster Artist is much more interesting than the actual The Room, in my opinion. <laughs> what is your rating, for God's sakes? Uh, I am going to rate it uh, one hyenas uh, swine teat. Out of a thousand. <laughs> I'll give it two out of seven sound women. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's no cannibal holocaust. It is no cannibal. It's not. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The movie, it's not, it's not good, obviously. Let me preface that. It's more it's, kind of just kind of nondescript than anything interesting either way. You know it's what I mean? more like it's not like it's so bad it's funny. It's not right. that good. It's not so it's bad. More it's more like right. why are they doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Right. What? It's, it's not so bad it's funny, but it's also not so bad that you're like, I have to turn this off. Right. I cannot be subjected to another minute of it. It's just kind of It's on in the background right. while you're flipping through uh your Insta. That that is exactly right. So there you have it. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at t podcast tw die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at gmail. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Like, share, subscribe, and rate if you will. Uh, what else can I tell you? I think that's all we need to know. Aaron, you're on 
uh, Twitter as well. What's the story, Morning Glory? I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. Make me your messiah. I'll lead you. I'll lead you out of the trouble that uh, 2020 has. Uh, hold on. Just sign up and I'll tell you what to do and I'll tell you where to send the money. Are you the sayer of the law? I am the sayer of law. If you do not follow the law, you go to the house of pain. See, they really didn't have a house of pain because they could just zap you with the remote control. Yeah, so they no thought need. that would be some fun technology. In, in the other stories, they just be- torture you. You break the law, they torture you. And, and the, uh, back to the illogical, literally you see one of the animals kill another animal who was on trial for killing a rabbit. The dog man. The dog and, man killed the leopard man. Right. So, ah, Marvin Brando had forgiven the leopard man and his son, the dog man, goes and blows his brains out in front of all the animals. And Marvin does nothing about it. Right. Well, and also it's like, was the dog man, was he with? Because early you thought he was like a faithful servant because he's the dog man. But then later, he's going rogue, shooting everybody. Who the heck He knows was growing the rogue the moment he smelled the roasted meat. Yeah. Actually, and that- don't be fooled by the fact that he calls all of them his children because he refers to all of them as the children. He is the father. That's correct. That, um, the actor who played uh, the dreadlock dog face man is Tamura Morrison, who's a famous... Uh, uh, actor. He was he was actually in Aquaman and a few other things. You saw him without his dog face, you might recognize him. So there you go. Good times. So thank you very much and be well. Later skaters. You know, it's still Corona and no, teachers don't want to go back and teach your cootie kids. So you, just because you don't want to be inconvenienced and I know it sucks, but don't send your kids to give me the Corona. I have stuff to do. Ma 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 Corona. Okay. Have a good one. Later.